just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. It's always doubt with us every year. It's like, oh, well, the Saints can't do this because something or, you know, Drew's gone and it. I, I don't, I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't care. And I'm coming in every year to think that we're going to be the shit. What up? Welcome back to Black and Gold BS, the Irreverent Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media. I no longer know who we're presented by, so we'll just ad lib and ad read for Boot Crew Media later. I'm Jacob Krasno alongside my trusty co hosts, Sean Haspel and Allison Pratt. And uh, I think we're all feeling uh, a little better this week. Saints beat the Seahawks 39 32 in the dome. Sean and I were there. Taysom Hill had like the greatest game of his career. And uh, the offense and the team in general showed some improvement. Um, I'm sure we'll break it all down on a more minute scale as we progress through the pod. But I, th- I don't want to bury the lead here, but like Taysom Hill, is he our quarterback moving forward? Was Sean Payton right? The entire time, like, what do we do? What do we do? Tell me, Sean and Allison. No, he's not the quarterback moving forward. Um, but he should be and needs to be an essential part of our offense. Um, I mean, Taysom is really good at what he does really well. If that makes any sense, um, the Taysom power, uh, whether it's uh, spreading guys out uh, five wide and just um, really emptying the box and just having him find his holes and, and, and go in short yardage or um, like we had on, on his 60 yard touchdown to, to win the game for us when we literally have 10 blockers for him and no receiving options. It's just a devastating form of like Neanderthal ball that um Maybe it'll get figured out eventually, but it's super hard to block, um, especially with the Saints run blocking um, going pretty well and the O-line um, moving the chains like they did uh, on Sunday. But uh, but we've seen Taysom as a full-time starting QB. Yeah, he went 7-2 and two as a starter between 2020 and 2021, but like our defense was also a lot better back then. Um, and... He really didn't need to score a ton of points. Um, And when challenged by teams like the the Eagles, who we'll see later this year, and the Cowboys, I think we actually also play this year. Um, I'm not sure that uh, it's a sustainable thing. And, but, uh, I mean, like, I think we'll probably get into this more. Like, I think using him in that role and maybe use as like, the gadget player, quote unquote, um, and like a change of pace player, uh, is like the perfect role for him. Um, and also, candidly, I didn't watch this game as attentively as I probably should have to speak about this game. However, it reminds me of like us. We what we did that I liked, I should say, is that when he had success, we really leaned into it. I feel like there were p- times in the past with Taysom and we're using him as gadget. I'm thinking about the Minnesota playoff game 
from 2019 into 2020 where like he had flashes of brilliance and we would just sort of then like pull back and not like lean into when he was like really like running away with it. And I really appreciated the fact that like we saw it was working and we kept going with it instead of trying to like pivot or just using it randomly um, here and there. Like we kind of just like adapted the game plan as we saw success with him throughout the game. And I think in the past we sort of just like thrown it in here and there and not really I'm going to keep using the word lead in because I can't think of anything else, but I appreciated that we, we realized he was our success on Sunday and we continued to utilize it in that way versus like maybe try to go back to what the original overall offensive game plan was with or without. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I pretty much agree with, with both of you. Um, no, we probably should not start him at quarterback, <laughs> but like he is a very, very special athlete. And like, we've known this for years. Like he's been making plays since 2017 when we claimed him off waivers. Like one of his first games, he blocked a punt. Um, and he's, he scored, I think 30, 35 touchdowns in about 60 games that he's played since 2017. That's, that's a lot. So like, I think it's like beyond the point of being a gadget. He's, he's not a gadget player. Like this is like a weapon. It's a money. It's like a money play in a video game. And if you deploy it and it it's working, like, yeah, we should not stop. We should commit to it and run him until his legs fall off or until the defense like stops him enough times for us to say like, okay, we need to, we need to dial it back. Or, like, or have him in blocking situations, which he's also excellent at depending on whatever the defense is showing us. I think that was also part of it too. Like, we knew we would gash Seattle. I think we all thought it would be with Kamara, um, but we knew that Taysom was then having success. And I think there'll be other defenses where he'll be great to throw in as an actual passer option, or he'll be great to be just like leaning into with blocking or even as a receiver, which we didn't see as much of on Sunday. But to your point, like he is a weapon. I think it's figuring out like taking what the defense gives us with him and yeah. using it that way. Yeah. yeah. Like one of the, one of the things that has made that made the first four games so unbearable was that our playmakers were not making plays like the quarterbacks weren't playing well and our backs and receivers like either couldn't catch the ball or were fumbling or were like not really getting in space to make people miss and make something happen. And this was like the first game where we saw a player like, take a play into his own hands and like make something happen by himself. Um, and we also saw that from Camara because he yeah. actually got the ball in space a couple times and was able to break a few runs. But like, this is like the first uh, like dose of, of a drug that we've had in a long time. Like someone actually made an explosive play and like, we just need to keep doing it until people stop. And it's all, it's also not the first time he's done it this season because he had that long run in the Falcons game. And then we just kind of like stopped using him after that. And then he was hurt and like barely played over the next two or three games. But yeah, he's good. We need to use him until uh, his body falls apart. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, um, and outside of his interception, uh, outside of his interception uh, this week, Dalton played really well. Um, he, distributed the ball uh, smartly, efficiently, um, especially to Alvin, which is honestly something that Jameis has struggled to do, even dating back to last year. Um, 
but Alvin, uh, I mean, sorry, Andy Dalton was able to get the ball in Alvin's hands. Um, he was targeted in the game six times in the passing game and caught all six of those receptions. Um, this is after the Carolina game that Alvin was probably shouldn't have even played in because of his rib injury. But Jameis targeted him seven times in that game and only connected twice. So, um, and in the Atlanta game, he was uh, he caught three of his four targets, but only for seven yards. So, um, in the two games that Alvin and Jameis played together this year, uh, Jameis either couldn't get Alvin the ball, or when he did, uh, it was in disadvantageous uh, situations uh, and positions. So, um, credit to Pete and the offensive staff uh, for scheming up um, some some great uh, easy pass plays to Alvin, whether as a check down or, or that beautifully timed screen pass, um, which was the best screen we've, we've had in quite some time. Um, and credit to Andy Dalton for getting the ball to Alvin where it needed to be. Um, so I definitely think that's a major part of the equation going forward. Uh, leaning on Alvin and leaning on Taysom in short yardage uh, and to move, move the chains on the ground, we should be a run-based ball control offense, help out the defense, which isn't as strong as it has been the last couple of years. And then hopefully we get um, our top three receivers back in the, over the next couple of weeks. And uh, we've got Mike Thomas and Jarvis and Andy Dalton throwing them quick, accurate passes, high percentage passes to, to move the chains or at least um, put us in third and short where then you can then run Taysom. Um, and then once you're kind of getting in the rhythm, then you hit him with the play action deep to Chris Olave. So I think the formula is right there. And um, we saw a little bit of it uh, in London and it became even more clear this week. And so hopefully with some uh, improved health and uh, just gelling, gelling and cohesion on the offensive side of the ball, we can kind of really find our niche and find our identity and really maybe get on a roll on that side of the ball. Yeah. We need to score and move the ball. That's how you win games. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, if it was that fucking simple, though, we would have done it the previous week. So, um, but uh, we need to do it. So, yeah. It really was an encouraging performance. Um, Taysom's not going to have four touchdowns every game, no. but also uh, he probably won't need to be that explosive and make that many plays every game because not every team has as good of an offense as Seattle who actually like appears to be pretty good on offense. Um, yeah. Most games, our defense will probably play better and we won't need to have four touchdowns from one guy. Um, so to that point, the defense looked a little shakier uh, than it usually does. Paulson and Debo kind of got cooked on. I mean, he was responsible for all three of Geno Smith's touchdowns. Correct? Am I correct? In remembering um, that? He, he was the cornerback in coverage on all three, but um, as folks are beginning to point out, um, the safety play on at least two of those long touchdowns was pretty lacking. Uh, we absolutely missed Marcus May and losing PJ Williams uh, definitely hurts. So we were leaning on Justin Evans 
and uh, JT Gray in a lot of our uh, as as our safeties, along with Tyron Matthew, who himself has not been uh, great uh, for much of this year. Um, so yeah, so Honey Badger fucking stopped running on the Kenneth Walker touchdown run, like right. he, like on like the twenty yard line, he just stopped. Um, and then there was another long play where he kind of just stopped. I think it was the first. DK Metcalf touched or the only DK Metcalf touchdown, but that sort of like broken play um, at the beginning of the game, he had a chance to hit DK Metcalf around the five yard line. And he kind of just stood there, which is like baffling. I, I, I hate seeing players quit on plays. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, uh, he's had, had some definitely questionable moments this season so far. And, uh, Hopefully he can kind of get it going, but um, yeah, uh, we definitely need better safety play for sure. Need Marcus back, Marcus May back, um, absolutely. So uh, and now Marshawn Lattimore has like a abdominal injury of some sorts. Um, I don't know if it's super serious, but we might be without him going against Joe Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and and that crew this weekend. So. Um, yeah, Adebo needs to be much better, and uh, as as does the secondary as a whole. So um, that yeah. was definitely concerning to see. But also credit like Geno Smith, he made some absolutely unreal throws um, <laughs> in that game, uh, and I I was wrong. I thought it was it was a lot of smoke and mirrors his success so far this season, but. Um, he was dealing, and I wouldn't be shocked if they uh, if he keeps playing well the rest of this year. So, um, yeah, credit credit to them. But the Saints definitely uh, need to have some get right uh, get right meetings and practices on the defensive side of the ball uh, before Joe Burrow comes to town. Yeah, Allison, what do you think? Do you think our defensive woes, which really just lasted this game, and then the random poo poo game from Lattimore? Last week, do you think it's it's attributable to injuries, or is there something else going on here? I think it's both and, um, to be honest. But like, I also agree with Sean, and we talked about this last week that like, Geno Smith is like setting an NFL record for completion percentage, so it should not be downplayed that like their passing offense was very good as well. Um, that can't be discounted, but we're up against an equally very good passing offense, although they didn't look that great on Sunday night, to be honest. Yeah. But on the whole, they have been strong and their total, including tight ends, wide receiving core is something to be concerned about if we don't feel great about our backfield, which we don't, yeah. or I personally don't. Um, but I think there's enough there that's coachable, but I mostly worry that Tyron Matthew is just like not what we needed him to be. And we don't have the depth to like make up for that throughout the entire year. At least yeah. we'll, at least we'll learn, <laughs> we'll learn a lot um, about our secondary this week. Um, Cause actually for as, as good as the Bengals passing offense like is, and definitely has the potential to be, I think they're the second least explosive passing attack in, or our offense in general um in the nfl so this year so if we're still giving up explosive plays like we were on the ground and in the air like we were um against the seahawks then 
we definitely can start to worry. But um, and like like we said, if Lattimore's out, that that definitely is going to be concerning. So yeah, um, yeah, missing, yeah, yeah, missing PJ Marcus May, who hopefully will be back this year. But then also Alante Taylor, um, he's him being out the last few weeks, and he, he's going to be on IR. He, he is currently on IR. Um, uh, they was, did was him yeah. against the Ravens pass defense that I think is the worst in the NFL. Mm. Uh, on Sunday night, I watched a, a lot of that game. Yeah. Um, and so I think to your point, Sean, on paper, everyone's remembering them for these like 500 like throwing yard games Burrow was having last year where um, Jamar Chase would have like three touchdowns. And that's just like not happening. Um, doesn't mean it can't. Right. Um, but certainly there's a blueprint for – how to not how to hold them back um, yeah this so far yeah it's yeah beyond. we'll get to the we'll get to the the Bengals a bit more later but yeah I, they're like not they're just not what we remember them being from last year like burrow doesn't look good the offensive line doesn't look good t higgins is hurt tyler boyd is 100 and like jamar chase just like isn't making plays that I I I feel pretty good actually. I think this is a very winnable game. Um, I think it could be a get right game for a pass rush, which has kind of been non-existent. Yeah. Um, and is Sam Jordan according a good game, but um, he did. Yeah. We are pressuring the quarterback at one of the lowest rates in the NFL. Yeah, which that's true. Is concerning. Okay. Sean and I actually got to go to the game. So, Sean, I'm curious what what were your uh, impressions of, of the dome these days. What is it like in the, the post breeze Peyton era? Um, well, I mean, obviously like logistically it's, it's different this year um, with the whole, uh, cons- all the construction they're doing in, in the concourses and, and taking your tickets outside of the dome. So I thought that was like a, and definitely an interesting experience um, having like the bathrooms be like out, outside basically. Um, but, uh, outside the dome. Yeah. Um, they have like, uh, elaborate, like porta potty complex, um, on the, uh, I don't even know what that area is technically called, but like kind of the, the outside concourse, um, uh, where you would normally go in, you can like just go in and out freely because you've already yeah. scanned in your ticket. So it's great. It's kind of great. Yeah. For, especially for people who smoke cigarettes, uh, you can just like go chill outside, um and and hang out uh if you if you want but um yeah but there's no food out there which is kind of weird um so you still have to like wait in the lines um in the concourse which yeah but that's like um, a huge missed opportunity i think so like of course you know when you walk like onto the concourse inevitably there's going to be like a a line out the bathroom door but like the lines and it was like that on sunday but once you walk outside like the lines for the porta potties moved really quickly. And I have to say, uh, it was much nicer doing that than like having to watch some drunk dude from the West Bank like pee in the circular sink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, but and then just like in terms of general vibes, um, they definitely were like pretty uh, down for like to start the game and like pretty subdued. I mean, it was obviously a noon kickoff, but we're also coming off of. Uh, three straight losses. So I think there was just kind of a general uneasiness amongst the fan base, what I saw, but um, I thought the, uh, I thought the the saints like game prez folks 
did a did a pretty good job. I, I love that they have like TJ Raj Smooth from I think he's on Q93. Um was like the in-game DJ and he was like playing some like pretty deep cut New Orleans rap songs that uh just like had people going at, at, at times. I never thought I would hear the Noya clap in the Superdome. Yeah, it was it was like they, they do a really good job um making it feel like really authentic, um like a authentic New Orleans uh, cultural experience at, at Saints games. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's not something you really get at many other, at many other venues, uh, in, in any sport really. So just that kind of like level of like raw authenticity, um, to like that city's culture. But again, there's not many other cities that are like New Orleans in that regard. So, um, you can't really <laughs> imitate that anywhere else. So, so that was, that was cool to see. I mean, yeah, this is my first game in the dome. Gosh, since, since 2018 or 19 so, so um definitely since pre-covid so uh it's it's been a minute and but uh, it was yeah good to be home and uh, uh definitely good to see a win though for sure yeah the dome got i thought it got pretty loud um it did certain yeah when we were on defense you know it's not like it a did. sustained din like it used to be back in like the heydays of the mid yeah 20 odds, but yeah, the third downs we can still, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And 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 I, I do think, yeah, like the fan base was has just been a little worn down from the season already. So if we get on a roll and start winning some games, I, I think the dome will come back to life for sure. So, um, but uh, I agree, yeah, Taysom Hill, he's the hero we need, <laughs> the hero we deserve right now, in the words of. Commissioner Gordon, Batman. Uh, Allison, how was the game day experience on your couch? Actually, we had people here. We watched it in my backyard. That's fun. Um, and it was fun. Yeah. It was nice. a lovely fall day in New York, and we it's outdoor living room season probably for like one and a half more weeks before it gets too cold. But um, it was great. We had pizza. Um, my friend's kids came over. Hank terrorized them. You got an authentic uh, New York slice from Sabaro. Totally. <laughs> did anybody use the bathroom outside like we did at the Superdome? Hank. Hank. Hank <laughs> did. Yeah. Yes. For those who don't know, Hank is a dog. He's not yeah. a person. Although it'd be really funny if he was a person. <laughs> it would be funny, but also our. It was like a flip flop of last week because the Giants were on the, in the London game, so we had a full nine thirty a through the evening football day, and that game was epic. Um, yeah, four so. one Giants with uh, the whole NFC East besides the Commanders is like super legit this year. It's pretty wild. So after how bad pretty, they were a couple years ago, like I know this is Saints pod, so I'll leave my Giants commentary to be short. But it's pretty impressive to see what. Ryan Dable's done. I feel like he's like a runaway for coach of the year right now, just because they quite literally are like, it's like the saints of last year in terms of their wide receiver depth. Yeah. There's nobody for him to throw to. And he's Daniel Jones and he's hurt. And everyone knows they have to go to Saquon and they're just like running wildcat because like they don't know what else to do and it's still working. Yeah. Um, and Daniel Jones, like bless him. He's not an elite quarterback, but he's a tough guy and they beat, I mean, I also think the Packers are like trash, um, and that yes. came true too. But um, but it was an electric win, so <laughs> it's a good that's day awesome. in this house when both teams win. So. Yeah, that's huge. 
Yeah, uh, do we play Giants this year or no? no? Okay, we just, I know we play the Eagles. God, we play the Eagles every fucking year. They and yeah. they kill us every year, and it's probably gonna happen again this year too. It's it's wild. So yeah, New Year's Day oh. in Philadelphia. I'm sure the weather will be beautiful. Oh god, yeah. and everybody will be really happy and nice because yeah. that's what Philly is like, right? <laughs> yeah, right. right. Very much. All right. Is there anything else uh, anybody wants to get off their chest about the Seahawks game? No, I mean, uh, like I said, I mean, I think we found our identity on offense uh, to a degree and really excited. Hopefully we didn't have uh, too many uh, injuries coming out of that game. And we, I mean, obviously besides Alave and, and Lattimore, those are two major, major ones that um, hopefully weren't as bad as they potentially looked. Um and uh, but but hopefully we're getting Mike Thomas and and Jarvis back along with uh, Marcus May. I think those would be three pretty massive additions. So um, defense. Yeah, I, I don't think we're gonna see Olave for at least a week. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Like yeah. after Tua Tagovailoa went all Hodor on the ground. Oh like God. I don't think we're anybody's coming back from a concussion in yeah. in a week. Like those days are those days are over. Yeah, and Alave's was was bad. I mean, he was he was like out um, for yeah. a not short amount of time. So I would um, be remiss if I didn't mention that I missed that entire sequence because I went to get food in the Superdome, and because the food is still inside, and the Superdome is just jam packed on the concourse at all times, and somehow also packed in the seats uh, simultaneously there was like nowhere to get food and like every, every pretzel stand was out of pretzels. I've never seen that. And like the pizza stands vanished. I, come on guys. We need more food. Even though I missed the touchdown, I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't have taken any solace in seeing a lobby get knocked out in person. That was pretty gnarly. Um, it looked pretty brutal. I uh, hope he's all right. Okay. Um, the Bengals next week, like we kind of said a couple minutes ago, they look very beatable. This looks like kind of a juicy game. Like Hayden Hurst doesn't scare me. Tyler Boyd doesn't scare me. Mixon doesn't scare me. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins normally would, but they just ain't got it this year. They look like they've got a major Super Bowl hangover. Um, what do y'all think? I think 20 to 17 saints. Um, I am very worried that Marshall Lattimore is not going to play. Um, and I don't, I, that could cause some problems with Jamar chase, but yeah, the Bengals, yeah, they've got a Super Bowl hangover. And also just Zach Taylor is not a good coach. Um, that was going to be I my think, comment. And yeah. I think it's just like, finally he has to be, yeah. he didn't have to be in his first two years when they were trash. And last year they rode. An incredible wave of talent and blessed luck. Yeah, um, there. Uh, I think that Cinderella has turned into a pumpkin, and um, uh, yeah, they can't really run the ball that well. Like Joe Mixon hasn't had a good year, so I think our run defense will be solid and uh, we'll do just enough in the pass game. Uh, I, I think their O line is still pretty much trash. I think our defense, our pass rush, will we'll get to them. Um, and the, their defense has actually been pretty solid this year, but uh, I, I think, yeah, with, with these receivers coming back and um, 
our seemingly uh, newfound rhythm on offense, uh, I think we'll move the ball and, and, and score a couple touchdowns, a couple field goals, and then, um, yeah, that'll be enough to win. Their helmets do make them look like pumpkins, literal pumpkins. That is true. Allison, what's your prediction? I don't know. I I I always think we're gonna win, <laughs> so I can keep going with that. Um, hey, we were both right last week. We actually were not far off. Uh, we both said that we needed to get our playmakers the ball in space, and they did exactly that. And that was how we won the game. It's true. It's true. We were right. Um, I'm with Sean. I think it's gonna be low scoring. Um, I think both teams are going to try to run first and lead with that. Um, and that'll erode time off the clock. Um, the Bengals were doing this weird thing Sunday night because they haven't had luck with Joe Mixon where they're trying to get Jamar chase to be like a Kamara type and throwing like outs into the backfield to him. And it was not working. Cause I do believe the row line is trash. Um, but I think that both teams will eat the clock up and it'll be like 17, 14, um, and it'll come down to both kickers that are both very clutch. Um, and we're just not going to get double doinked again. But what's his name had like a virtual doink that somehow counted. I don't know if you guys saw that because it like yeah. would have. I guess I'm the only one who watched this Sunday night game. But well, anyway, Sean, Sean and I, plane back, yeah. we, we uh, were sitting next to each other on Sorry. the plane on the way home from New Orleans, and we both fell asleep. Yeah, I had every intention that of watching that game, but I was out. Yeah. Well, we watched we watched House of Dragon first, and then we watched the game. We'll get to House of Dragon in a I second. I know, I know, we have to get to House of Dragon. But um, basically, he was kicking the extra point to go up one with like two minutes left. And it went over the top of the upright. But had it not gone over the top of the upright, it would have fully doinked off. But like all you have to do is basically clear the far right end so it counted. But like if you watched it in real time, you were like, that did not go in. Yeah. Because like it just didn't look like it was inside, but it just has to be inside the far edge. So anyway, my 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 Jacob like wild guess is that the Bengals lose because of a doink. <laughs> And we win. Like they have a chance think, to win with their super duper sick kicker, and he joins. Look, people <laughs> aren't here for the fucking analysis. They want to hear us say <laughs> ridiculous shit. So, like, that's my, please. That's the, my guess. the more specific, the better. Yeah. So they, they have a chance to win the game on the last play with Evan McPherson, and he joins. I like that. Okay, so last week we destroyed the over. And uh, we covered. We covered the spread. Uh, this okay. week, we are one and a half point dogs at home, over under a forty three and a half. So that's like a twenty one to twenty three Bengals win is what Vegas thinks is going to happen. Um, so if my theory is right, it's twenty one twenty. Twenty one twenty. Doink. Hitting the under. Yeah. I um I don't think that Vegas can be right every week. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the Saints win 31 to 21 uh with a garbage time touchdown. It's not that close. So it's we really win like 31 to 14, something like that. Um I think we're just we should just run Taysom until people can prove they can stop it. And 
maybe he'll be a little bit more like he doesn't, you know, need to throw 10 passes a game, but it would be nice if he threw more than one. I think that would keep the defense on its heels. Um, I'll predict Taysom. Here's my super specific prediction. I think Kamara (laughs) gets shut out of the end zone again. He hasn't scored this year. Yeah. I think he gets shut out of the end zone again because Mark Ingram scores twice on the goal line. Taysom has a breakaway run and Taysom throws a touchdown pass to Juwan Johnson from one tight end to another. That's my extremely specific prediction. Love it. Um, what I, I think a little bit of Lanyap we need to talk about uh, Saints related is is also also Vegas related. Sean Payton is the the favorite, the odds on favorite to be the next coach of the Carolina Panthers. He fired Matt Rule. This isn't happening, right? Like, there's no fucking way this happens. It, I mean, it just doesn't make sense because I feel like Payton wouldn't go anywhere that doesn't have a quarterback situation settled and the Panthers don't have a quarterback. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this as the acknowledgement that Baker Mayfield, like is awful and he's hurt now, but he's also just like bad and a bust. And um, I don't think Sean Payton looks at him and says, I can fix him. So um yeah, I just I just don't see them as a viable candidate. I mean, and maybe they money with they like would money they would want to money with him, but also like if they would do that, we would absolutely get a first round pick out of them. So I don't know how they would get a quarterback, and I just it just seems a little far fetched to me. So they're gonna have a top five pick, and like I feel like the only way a deal would ever get done to send Peyton to a division rival is if the top five pick comes to us. Right. Like we would cripple them. And why would Sean Payton want to go to a situation like that? I think it's more likely that like Payton would go to a team like the Bengals if they falter this year. Um, That being said, like Mike Brown, the Bengals owner is like notoriously cheap. And so I don't know if you want to pay to fire uh, Zach Taylor. I think they literally extended him this off season. So, um, I just yeah, so that's probably not a realistic option. But um, you don't think you don't think Peyton goes to Browntown? You mean the Bengals? Yeah. Or Mike Brown. Browntown. Oh, Mike Brown. Oh, right. Yes. Ha ha. No. Um, I don't think so. I don't think that happens. Uh, yeah, I think Taylor's probably got another couple of years there just because of how cheap um, the owner is. But then again, maybe he like sees this as being their Super Bowl window uh, with Joe Burrow on his rookie contract. And obviously they like literally made the Super Bowl last year. So uh, maybe he's like desperate enough to go all in for a guy like Sean Payton. And uh, I would to get us if you Bowl have the choice between crap Taylor and Sean Payton, right? You take Sean yeah. Payton. Ten, ten obviously times. the Bengals have never won a Super Bowl. So um, Allison, yeah. what do you think? What are your thoughts? I, st- I still think he's going to go to Dallas after they lose in the first round of the playoffs and fire Mike McCarthy. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, it's kind of like the Occam's razor of the whole situation. It's like, like the most I obvious feel like option. it's just all he wanted. And like, 
no, like I joked like when they lost to the Bucks in week one and like Dak got hurt that like, oh, this is perfect. Like all my yeah. McCarthy has to do is just sit around and get fired. Like he doesn't look happy there either. And no. then now they're all of a sudden like four and one, but like, you know, if they don't win a playoff game again, I think they haven't won a playoff game in like 20 years. Like he will get fired. Right. And they, and, and they might not even win the division. So they could definitely be a wild yeah. card team. So with, with how y'all are looking up there in the East. So um yeah i mean that that that's kind of was like the prime candidate all along and there's like documented evidence that peyton's wanted to go there i mean that whole mike florio report about him like, i could see i mean what's his name the idiot in, in san diego or la whatever staley staley yeah. like he's acting like a fucking lunatic yeah and like that's an attractive roster but yeah, that, but that, like that's they just still, <laughs> right, exactly. But that's like what still, he did on Sunday was psychotic. Yeah, that's still my like probably number two candidate, just because I mean, obviously, like we'd prefer to send to the to the, yeah. to the AFC, and like he loves the LA market uh, for sure. Um, Justin Herbert is like an incredible quarterback to to coach, I'm sure, and Peyton obviously knows that, so. Um, yeah, and that team, and and that's an ownership group that would be highly motivated to be a little risky to secure a, a superstar head coach. So, um, and they need an offensive mind in there. That guy is a defensive dude. Like exactly, exactly. But anyway, I, ironically, like their OC is Joe Lombardi running the Saint system too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like, might why not get the uh, the knockoff and get the real thing? So. Um, but uh so yeah we'll we'll see but uh, i i honestly don't care who it is i just want a first round. i just want a first round pick. <laughs> i think we're probably gonna need one after this yeah. season but yeah for sure we'll see hopefully things are starting to trend in the right direction so yeah yeah we just, can't keep uh, fumbling like we can't have two fucking fumbles every game like that's just not gonna happen yeah gotta protect no. the ball Got to cut down on the penalties, like we've said the last few weeks. But once we do that and we like settle into the offensive niche, um, like I'm, I, I'm feeling good. What we're gonna do? I think this team can win some games in the short term. Just like try to get through the Cincinnati and Arizona stretch at least one and one, and uh, and then I think we can make a run. Maybe second half of the schedule. Yeah. Very much alive in the NFC. Only a game and a half out of first place in the division. Bucks don't look great. Nobody really looks great. Well, this is kind of like what's made me like not like care as much about football this year is like there are no good quarterbacks in this league. Like there's like three good quarterbacks, yeah. and everything trickles down from that. Yeah, like fantasy football has become basically impossible to play because there's like 10 players you can trust in the whole league. And like teams just like aren't scoring. There's no good quarterback play. Yeah. All the good quarterbacks retired and the product suffers big time. Well, it's Geno Smith's world. I guess we're all just living it. So uh, hey, he looks pretty good right about now. Geno Smith is cooking a fucking delicious gumbo. And Russ is cooking like 10-year-old ramen that fell underneath the, the shelves at the grocery store. <laughs> like uh, the, the old guard, the old guard died. 
The old yeah. guard is dead, and uh, the new guard uh, is late and stuck in traffic. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, all right, House of the Dragon. I have a specific question. Um, and it's just kind of a general question about like TV watching. And I want to get your opinions on it. So Sean and I fly to Phoenix after the game Sunday. Sean goes home. I take a flight from Phoenix to LA. The guy who's sitting next to me on the plane whips out his tablet and he starts watching House of the Dragon. And this is Sunday night at like 9 p.m. Pacific time. And I have this like moment of panic because I think he's about to watch the new episode. And like, I'm sitting next to this guy on like a dark plane. Like, I don't want anything spoiled. I don't want to watch this. I'm being subjected to it against my will. Luckily he was watching last week's episode. So I was able to remain spoiler free, but that begs the question. Is it fucked up to watch like a, like, water cooler show that's like spoiler heavy on a plane next to strangers who may not have seen it. Like, am I crazy and just like neurotic for like the 10 seconds of rage I felt before I realized it was a repeat? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like just close your eyes and yeah. go to sleep. <laughs> but like, what if I don't want to go to sleep? What if I can't go to sleep? What if the fucking light else? from his yeah but it's two two inches from me i don't know i think it's fucked up like what if it was porn what if he was watching like hardcore porn like that would be like a problem right like it's something that i don't want to be subjected to it also begs the question of like don't look like why are you looking at my stuff well it's kind of hard not to when i know but it's like, like literally it's in front the same of you moral question like i'd be like don't mind what i'm doing like you're in your seat i'm in my seat i feel like when you're in a public place and it's like impossible to hide your screen that like that kind of goes out the window you need to be well, <laughs> you need to be considerate of other people porn to spoilers in like yeah, those aren't prestige dramas so i just think uh hopefully you well no i think the spirit of it is the same that. like what if what if you were offended by something that was on someone's screen like that's the point is that like i am offended <sighs> by spoilers i don't want to be spoiled like, like you would be mad too right if you hadn't seen that week's episode and then it's just playing and you can't hear anything and you're just like i think that's messed up i'm paraphrasing some like law school thing but that i heard but like you don't have a constitutional right to not be offended by things like that doesn't exist so um yeah <laughs> and like <laughs> that's kind of like just a you situation in this in yeah. this scenario no, you you are right about your interpretation of constitutional law is correct in that <laughs> regard. Um, but I think it's just more of like a common courtesy. Well, maybe don't watch the spoiler heavy show in front of other people. Then this would be an opportunity for you to connect with your fellow man and say, hey, man, I'm a big fan of HOD also, but 
I I'm not I'm not able to watch this week. And maybe he would maybe have given you his left AirPod. And exactly. You watched it maybe with him. it would have been an opportunity for you to connect with your fellow human being and and, and make a lifelong friendship. Uh, who knows? But I guess uh, we'll never know. What a missed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. The strange man on the plane that could have shared his <laughs> his his third party AirPod. Um has everybody seen it this week? Yep. Yep. Good? Bad? What do we think? Good. Good. I mean, Setting up for what should be an electric. Like, if I remember correctly, right? Like, the penultimate is always, like, the crazy yeah. episode, which is next week. Yeah. More or less, yeah. Yeah. I do feel like this whole season is basically just, like, setting up the next season i mean which is like yeah. obviously makes sense but feels like the the real like war between all the kids and cousins and nephews or whatever um is going to be kind of the real meat of the show um not, i mean like the the dance of dragons that it's like about um and like this is just explaining like how the situation like how a family basically fell into civil war which is like interesting but it's I feel like i could see how someone who gets bored with just like these interpersonal, like court, royal court, like lines of succession dramas, like might get a little bored. Like there really just isn't much action this season, but I mean, I enjoy it, but I, I could see how someone might not enjoy it. Ah, man, those people are uncultured. Yes. I like the political the... stuff so much. Yeah. More. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly like what made OG Game of Thrones like so interesting, all like the political maneuvering and maneuvering and backstabbing and little finger and all his bullshit. So Chantra, uh, <laughs> I can see everything everywhere all the time. Oh god. Uh, ironically, <laughs> like this show's based on a book. Like we could just Google like who yeah. wins the Civil War and everything would be spoiled. But yeah. uh, all right, I hear Sean's door opening, and we've gone on way too long. So, indeed, Sean, do you want to ad lib a haiku about Boot Crew Media since I no longer know who the sponsor is? Yeah, Boot Crew Media, the um, New Orleans centric media network um, for all of your. New Orleans centric sports entertainment, pop culture news and content that's safe to watch on a plane with strangers and not upset them. Booker Media. Hell yeah. All right. For Sean Haspel, Allison Pratt. I'm Jacob Krasno, and this has been Boot Crew Media. Wow. This has been <laughs> Black and Gold BS. <laughs> The Irreverent Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media. Until next week, when the Saints beat the Bengals in the Dome, don't root for Burrow. You're a loser and a bum. If you root for Burrow and Chase, root for the Saints. Don't be a loser. Yeah. Until then, who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat?